Happy 2023 Fantasy Alarm Nation. What is going on, everybody? My name is Justin Fetsterman, along with Matt Sells and Ryan Hallam. It's the Family Times Podcast here on FantasyAlarm.com. Going to get off to a better foot in 2023 than we ended in 2022. Why? Because our final episode of the year got corrupted. The technology failed us, Sells. This rarely ever happens, but it actually fails us, man. It's crazy. The fantasy gods did not want that episode for some reason to be able to be plastered on the site. Yeah, apparently, apparently not. Uh, I was editing it, the computer crashed, and then I tried to edit it, and Premiere was like, no go, it's corrupted, you're toast. So, it is what it is. We move on. Yes. Um, it was. It is pretty interesting to me that we talked about fantasy football co- uh, commissioners in fantasy playoffs last week which nobody heard because it was corrupted, and then all hell broke loose in the absolute worst possible way um, for actual life-and-death situations this week and gave commissioners a whole new thing to have to wade into and figure out. Yeah, we're very, we're all of us here, Fantasy Alarm and in the sports community, we're all thinking, still thinking about DeMar Hamlin, the Bills' safety after that scary thing that, that happened the other night. It was just very incredible just to like see the first responders to see everybody gather around football became secondary and it's level very good to see i actually guys on better sports network i had dan claskins on from fantastics and he was at the game and he gave this recollection of what it was like the crowd his daughter asking him daddy what's going on why is this happening the as the ambulance is getting onto the field and just the crowd just really not thinking about football, no booing or anything like that, how everybody has responded. And even the broadcast, too, people like to be critical and broadcast as someone who's worked in broadcasting on both on the air, off the air, behind the scenes. You don't know what to do. You can't start all of a sudden talking about other topics. That is the main news story. A sports B block type of industry became an A block newscast and that's what it comes down to when you're dealing with a life and death situation and you're going minute by minute here with not a lot of information and you just have to convey what you do know i mean it was just shocking me ryan when you saw that i mean what was going through your mind well this is something i wanted to say today and it was odd because you know we've all watched football a long time i know i'm the oldest one of the three of you i mean I've seen a guy paralyzed on the field and they just played after. And I found myself decent, like everyone and their mother was texting me and people like that. I know that watch football. Are you watching this? Are you watching this? And I really thought the game was going to continue because it always has. And for one time to see it not continue. I mean, I felt great about it. It wasn't like I was like, Oh damn, these guys are soft. I can't believe they're not playing. But I, in my head, you know, until, you know, you really saw how serious it was, I was like, oh, well, this will be fine, and they're just going to play. Even with the ambulance. Like, I've seen an ambulance on a football field before, and they just continued to play. So uh, whether it was the players, whether it was the coaches, I don't know that it was the league, although, you know, they're trying to cover their themselves, saying they didn't say this five minutes and let's get ready thing. Whoever made the decision, uh, I'm happy to see uh, what they decided and how it continued on. And, you know, like you said, everyone is just still hoping and praying that we get good news. It seems like little by little we're trickling in some good news. You know, I, I think there's a, probably a decent chance his football career is over. Uh, hopefully not, but I mean, at least, God, we're getting good news about 
backfield. Demar Hamlin's helped. Yeah, it was. Um, I had actually put flipped the game on right at that play. I had forgot that it had already started. I was watching something with my daughters and put it on just in time to see the hit. I was like, that's a fairly basic hit, right? Um, and as you know, a fan of and a watcher of NASCAR and F1, I'm used to watching basic things turn into potentially hazardous situations very quickly, right? We saw it a couple of years ago with Roman Grosjean in the F1 season finale where his car hit a wall and burst into flame, and you didn't see him get out, and then you did. Um, Ryan Newman crashing and flipping over uh, the last lap of the Daytona 500 uh, a few years ago, in which they actually brought out a black curtain around his car to get him out of the car, which I've never seen in NASCAR. Um, going all the way back to Dale Earnhardt Sr., you know, hitting the wall at what looked like an innocuous hit, at the final turn of the Daytona 500 in 2001, and that was it. So it was definitely very odd is a good way of putting it, Ryan. Um, Because, yeah, you normally see a guy get on a stretcher, they give the thumbs up, or they don't, but the guy gets on the stretcher and you go, okay, we'll finish this, we'll go check him out, he's in good hands. And then they didn't. And by the way, the, the last four major hits and injuries that we've seen on a football field all happened at Cincinnati's football field. The DeMar Hamlin one on Monday night, the Tua concussion in which he had the seizure was on Cincinnati's football field earlier this year. The Ryan Shazier paralyzing hit happened at Cincinnati. Wow. And the Antonio Brown hit, which we all assume made him go nuts. You know, the Vontez perfect absolute crushing of a hit happened at Cincinnati's field too. So, it's just a little weird to me that all of those are happening in Cincinnati. But uh, we did get good news here Thursday morning on DeMar Hamlin that he is making strides. And he, according to doctors, appears to be neurologically intact, which means they don't see any signs of brain damage, which is excellent news. Yes, and just the best of care that he's received. UC Medical Center being a level one trauma center, meaning that they have people ready to go And as soon as someone comes in that needs that emergency help, and it's just incredible to see how the sports community has just really rallied around DeMar Hamlin. We we think, especially being in this industry, we think a lot about the stats. We think a lot about the money and the contracts, but we forget at times that these athletes are playing fully physical contact sports and – if I may, that was my favorite part. I'm sorry, Spencer Bergen. It was Ryan Clark on the broadcast with, with Scott Van Pelt. Oh, yes. Uh, when he said, when you're on Twitter and you're going, oh, this guy sucks or Hugh cost me my fantasy matchup or this or that, remember this. And that, you know, and obviously we we rail on that, you know, several times a year uh, on this show. But, yeah, that was the – that really struck me at the moment. Like, we all like – not we all, but people out there – like to be assholes and say terrible things and just look what happened. Yeah. And, and like you said, Fancy, with the broadcast, I know you're a fan of, of broadcasters. And I thought that the ESPN crew as a whole, from Joe Buck to Troy Aikman to Lisa Salters to the other sideline reporters to the two that immediately got to the hospital and just started reporting what they knew, not speculation, what they knew. And then, um, you had the studio of Shefty 
and Booger and um, Susie Colbert was there. SVP, Ryan Clark, everybody was phenomenal that night. You do not practice that or get training in it in journalism school. No matter how good you, no matter if you went to Syracuse or Northwestern or whatever your top journalism school is, nobody gets training in this. So to see ESPN shift to a CNN type mood very quickly and very smoothly and very well was impressive. So kudos to ESPN who gets a lot of flack a lot of times for a lot of good reasons. Um, Should not be getting any flack for Monday night's coverage. And I want to say one more thing about the game. And people are very critical because people like to be very critical. And people are like, well, the game should have been called soon, sooner than it was. Well, we don't know when exactly the game was called because here's, here's right. why. We're last priority. You, the viewer, you, the consumer, we're last priority. The Bills are down the priority list. It's about DeMar's family. And that's who should be knowing all of the critical info second by second. It's not up to us. They don't owe it to us. They don't owe it to the crowd that was in attendance that night. They don't owe us any information, let alone information in a certain amount of time here. So think of it like this. Probably when the two coaches met on the field and embraced, you you knew that this game wasn't coming back. And yes, you saw people cleaning up the Bills equipment before anything was announced over the PA. Just remember in those situations, we're last and we should be last to know because that is a life or death situation. And just seeing just some of the criticism that I saw about, wow, they were even considering the game and this and that. Well, no, as soon as the coaches met, that was that. We just didn't get the official word, nor should we, because no one knew what the heck was going on. Nobody knew that this guy was going to get to this step that he's at right now at that time. And you mentioned it sells. Coley Harvey did a great job. Talked to him a few times, booked him on shows. Great guy, great reporter. They stuck to the facts. There wasn't any prognosticating on the broadcast. There wasn't any talk about, well, how does this impact the NFL playoffs? How does this impact our fantasy leagues? We didn't, I mean, on my show, we didn't even talk about that the first day because of the information that we had and the information that we didn't have. So, guys, now we obviously all know that DeMar Hamlin is top of mind. His recovery, his health, the support. Everything right now is about making sure that he's okay. But as well, now the big question comes in about what happens to our fantasy leagues. What happens to this game that we don't know if it's going to be made up? There have been scenarios that have come out about essentially backing up the playoffs so you get rid of that week in between the conference championships and the Super Bowl. You do this week 19 where you have this game be played. And then there's talk about this game's not going to be played and they're going to go by winning percentages at this point. And for those that are trying to rush to make a decision on who won and who lost their fantasy league, why? Why are you doing that? What's the point? Why can't for once in this world where everything's at our fingertips, we need the information right now. We need it right now. We cannot wait. How dare we wait? You're going to wait. You're going to wait until this game is called. That's what you're going to do. That's what pressuring you screw them. You're going to wait until this game is called. Then you figure out what to do as a fantasy commissioner. 
That's the bottom line. This game gets played. You have a league on Yahoo. Well, guess what? Time machine back to 1990 when everybody had to score things freehand. That's what you're going to have to do as the commissioner. This game gets called. Then you have to make a decision on what you're going to do with the prizes, with the winnings and all of that. Because that that that's where you're at right now. But for those league mates that are like, come on, man, you got to make a decision. We need to know about this league. Who won the league? The site says I won the league. Screw off. Seriously. Yeah, my uh, I messaged my commissioner very tastefully. Now he happens to be also a cousin of mine by marriage because it's <laughs> my wife's cousin because it's a home league. Um, and I was like, look, I'm not rushing you into a decision. I'm just kind of getting the lay of the land so we can, if you come up with something, we can talk through scenarios or whatnot. And he basically said, look, we're going to wait. We're going to wait it out. If the game gets played, you get the points from your players, which means a lot to me because I'm down 18 right now with Burrow and T Higgins and McPherson left. And the guy I'm playing has nobody. Um, and if it doesn't, then we'll sort it out from there. But odds are we'll probably split the... Now, he's in the championship. He's likely already won because he's beating Drew by, like, 40 points, and Drew doesn't have enough firepower left to come back. Um, so they've basically decided we're just going to split the pot at this point, which is almost always what happens in my league anyway. Third place, though, gets enough money to cover league dues if you win it, right? So... There's still a decent chunk of money on the line here. Um, so, yeah, and by the way, NFL.com leagues, there is a note on your league that says NFL.com is going to hold the scores from week 17 until a decision is made one way or the other on the Bengals-Bills game. And then they're going to – so if it looks like it's blacked out, it's not fully complete yet. There is a note on their site that says they're, they're holding it. I've seen some other sites um, handle it differently. And uh, one of them was just like, nope, we're out. We're done. I don't care. It doesn't matter if the game's played. doesn't matter that you paid two grand to pay the, to, to play the league. We're done. That's, that's not cool. It's unprecedented. We're past the holidays. What's the rush for the money? Like, it's January. Who's rushing out to go do stuff right now? It's not the point. It's the principle. We, we just – we don't have a resolution. And people should not be rushing commissioners to make a decision when this game is still on the line. And that brings me to week 18 this week here, guys, because I I cannot believe that there are people that still play in week 18 fantasy. And there are things that happen with playoff implications that take out some of your players. Like if you're sitting there thinking that the Giants – are going to end up playing their starters the whole game, let alone an entire quarter. I think you're nuts at this point here. Look at what the Chargers are dealing with. The Chargers, who started later on Sunday, they can decide ultimately to bench their starters. Tampa Bay. Yeah, you, you might have just enjoyed your little Brady to Evans connection times three, but guess what? You're probably not having that connection this weekend. And this isn't random. This isn't all really impacts once and in a blue moon. No, that's it really impacts the final two weeks once every few years. The final week, though, that in, is impacted a lot in year after year. And I just don't see why we're playing week 18. I mean, look, look at what we're dealing with. Cells, you have to write these game previews on the site. How the hell are you even supposed to do that when we don't have official word on 
who's being benched and who's not when it comes to these teams as a whole. We know a few things regarding the quarterbacks. We know that Justin Fields is not going to be playing. We know about some of the other lower end. And when I say low, I mean Sam Howell, lower end quarterbacks that are going to be starting. But Sells, how do you even write game previews for this week? It's been pretty tough. Britt Flynn and I had very long conversations yesterday. This was Wednesday when we're writing them about, oh, this line looks real weird. Like the Falcons are favored by four over the over the Bucks, right? So Vegas clearly assumes that that key players for the Bucks are going to be benched. And the game being in Atlanta gives them a little advantage, I guess. I don't know. Um, the line for the Eagles game is 14 over the Giants, right? So we were talking about these, and she's like, why is the line so big? I'm like, well, they smoked them last time they played them, right? They hung 48 points on them. Jalen Hurts is supposed to be back. And by the way, the game matters not at all to the Giants, but it matters a heap ton for the Eagles because the Eagles, if they lose and the Cowboys win facing Sam Howell, not only are the Cowboys the number one seed, the Eagles aren't NFC cha- NFC East champs, and they're a wild card team. They don't even get a home playoff game. There's a team so, in San Francisco that might have something to do about that one seed right. over so Dallas. If they win, I think they get the – are they the number one seed? If they win, they don't need any help, right? No, the Eagles have to lose for them to get it. But if, well, okay. if Dallas – they're they're in front of Dallas. Right, but it doesn't matter what Dallas does for San Fran. If Philly loses right. and San Fran wins, San Fran's the number one seed. Right. But the same – like – the Eagles may lose and not get the number one seed and then not also get the NFC East title either. So, like, there's a ton on the line for everybody. It's really hard to figure out who's, like, you've got to do projections, Hallam. How are you <laughs> How are you dealing with this this week? I mean, everyone just <laughs> – as far as the projections is concerned, you kind of have to do them as if people are going to play. Uh, unless we get official word, you know, somebody like Mike Evans or Tom Brady, even the, I mean, you really can't take a quarterback down unless we know that they're not playing. So you kind of have to just go with it, you know, but you know, Sam Howell, obviously the, the commander's projections of the team were just slashed. Uh, you know, Nathan Peterman, the bears projections are already, you know, small outside just the field. Yeah, can you make them slammed. negative? Is that possible? Like, is there, no, but I should probably up his interceptions. But, yeah, it's, it's it's gotten to the point now where, and this goes back to week 18, it's not only the teams that have clinched something, it's the teams that are out of it, too, that are just kind of folding it in. So we're looking at potentially 10 teams not even trying this week. You know, uh, I still wonder about the job. Dable really strikes me as a guy, like a Belichick type, that really wants to leave it out. So we'll see. I don't know. But Ryan, yeah, there's, Ryan there's, it would be stupid. For the yeah, Giants but, to do that. They, I don't did, it. they did it. Yeah, but they did it how many years ago? I know it was a different coach. It was Tom Coughlin, but they did it against the Patriots all those years ago. They played that game as hard as they could. I, I, I just think he's that kind of guy, but we'll see. It, it doesn't really matter. I mean, here's my thing this team, we, we forget because the Giants have been playing so well. This team had massive injury issues earlier yes. this year. And let's not forget, I know it was kind of a freak injury, but you want to preserve the health of Saquon Barkley at least. Fine, you want to throw out Richie James and Hodgins to play in this game, Daniel Bellinger, okay, but you're really going to risk it with Jones and Barkley? I, I, I honestly, yeah, I think I honestly, I think this is the kind of thing that creates players. I mean, the same thing with uh, Kenny Pickett on, on Sunday night. 
uh, you know, the, the game was bad. It was going wrong. And we were talking on, on the serious show. And it was like, oh, you know, maybe they should just take him out because he's playing terrible in the first half. Like, these are still all young players that, that, I don't know, this is kind of grooming them and forming them into the players they're going to be. I mean, I don't know. I can see not running Barkley 20 times. Uh, but I, I really don't think the Giants are going anywhere anyway. <laughs> I'm sure the coach doesn't think that way. But I don't know. I think against a division leader, the team that's only lost a couple games, I, I, I think it's a game that they want to kind of come out and, and show that they're legitimate. Because, I mean, let's look at their schedule. The Giants haven't exactly played. Uh, you know, they've played 12 games against the Little Sisters of the Blind this year, and that's why they're in the playoffs. I mean, I'm with Fancy. I think you get about a half of Barkley and and Jones, and then they pull them. I don't see why there's any reason to play a full game for the Giants um, in, in this in this scenario. Um, because let's face it, they're the sixth seed, right? So if they manage to beat the Eagles, and then let's say for sake of argument the Cowboys lose to Washington, they're going to be playing the Eagles next week anyway. Or the or they would they would basically give themselves the Eagles and Cowboys in their next playoff run, right? They don't want to face them. They'd rather face the Vikings or the old Bucks, right? So like, so wouldn't it behoove them to win that game then? If they're if they're the sixth seed and they win, can they go to five and play the Bucks rather than six and play no, Dallas? Because Dallas is the five seed at twelve and four, like. So they're not getting they're they're, they're getting, not moving they're, up because yeah. the seven seed is going to be eight and or nine and eight most likely because the Seahawks, Lions, and Packers are all eight and eight right. right now. And if the Seahawks win or the Packers win, they're in regardless of what the Seahawks do, right? But at nine and eight, even if the Giants lose at nine, seven, and one, they're still going to be ahead of. The Packers. So the Giants are in the sixth seed no matter what. So they're going to play the three seed in the first round, which would be the Vikings. So why put extra plays on tape? Why injure your guys when you can get a sinking Vikings team? I just don't, I'm going by the coach and the way that I, I agree it doesn't make sense, but I'm just going by the way he's conducted himself all season long that I kind of feel like he's. I mean, unless they're getting blown out, then I can definitely Didn't see Didn't Abel rest guys with the Bills last year? I don't know. I, all I know is as soon as their game finished on Sunday, he said you can rest when the season's over. Immediately he was asked, and immediately he gave that answer. So maybe he rethinks it. And, and, but I don't know. He just strikes me as the kind of guy who doesn't want to do that. But I, I'm not saying I'm right by any chance. I'm just going giving you my feelings. I mean, the Bears, the Bears smartened up, and they did it with Justin Fields. <laughs> So smartened up. It only took him four weeks of being eliminated to not play Justin. <laughs> That's why I said smartened up, right? Yeah. By the way, there are 13 teams that are eliminated from the playoffs already heading into week 18. So roughly half the league is eliminated. Um, you know, one of the teams in the AFC South is going to be, well, let me put it this way. The only team that can actually be eliminated on Saturday night in the AFC South is the Titans. Right. If the, the Titans lose, they're out. If the Titans win, 
the Jaguars can still make it even with a loss if I think the Steelers, Dolphins, and Pats all lose. <laughs> I love that. You, you need the dominoes to fall the right way. And they have like a 6% chance, I think, is what I saw based on who's playing who and – you know, I'm so play. excited, guys! I'm so excited to watch Josh Dobbs on Saturday night. Let me. Do <laughs> I can't. I can't wait. Man, he looked reasonable against the Cowboys. It wasn't yeah. terrible. Yes. No, you're right. He looked better than Malik Willis. Oh, that's for darn sure. I mean, I know it's not a high bar to set. Gonna say your daughter Harper looks better than Malik Willis. <laughs> but like, I. But let's. Do you think that they play the Bills Bengals game? No. Do we think that they're really going to shift the playoffs an entire week? I don't. I think they can. I think they can. I just don't think they will. I think they can. But here's here's something I came up with yesterday, and I want to I want to bounce it off of you guys. Right, heading into Week 17, the Bills were the number one seed, right? The Chiefs were two, and the Bengals were three, right? The Chiefs play the first game of the weekend on Saturday afternoon at like 4.30 Eastern. If they lose to the Raiders, and then the Bills beat the Patriots, and the Bengals beat the Ravens, if the NFL rules the Bills-Bengals game as a tie from Week 17... The status quo holds. The Bills would be the number one seed, the Chiefs would be the two seed, and the Bengals would be the three seed. And they would win. The Bengals would then win the AFC North. So this is if it all breaks right at this point, or is this if it all breaks right? If the Chiefs lose and the Bills and Bengals both win in Week 18, you could theoretically deem the Bills-Bengals game a tie, given the fact that they got a whole nine minutes into the game. And then you wouldn't bump anybody back a week. You wouldn't give everybody in the playoffs a bye artificially and make two teams play and then give them a, and then give one of them a bye, right? You could just deem it a tie. And the standings from week 17 would hold true for the top three seeds in the AFC. I don't know. I, I, I just, I, I think that if you have the luxury of being able to ship things a week to play this game, I think, I think you play it. I don't think it's insensitive. I think from a scheduling standpoint, you have that luxury. And look, the one thing is the one thing that that's the problem to me with that kind of scenario where you have the week 19 is that you have all other teams resting Right, that's what I was just the playoffs, say. and then you've got these two teams that are battling it out that get a week less of rest. Maybe well, and yeah. one of them Every, is going to get a bye after that. Everyone gets a bye, but Cincinnati, assuming right. the Bills win, which is not cool either. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, that's definitely possible. I don't think that that's going to happen. Uh, but I, I don't know. I, I really wonder how much the two teams really care. To be completely honest, I know everyone plays for a championship. But God, that had to change everything. It really feel like that. But I could be right. again. I could be wrong. I mean, I, I I put that out there on Twitter the other day, and some people were like, but then that gives Cincinnati zero chance for the number one seed. And my argument was, they kind of had sixteen other weeks to not lose four times. Like, they didn't have a real huge chance coming in. 
The week eight I mean, their, week, their their hope was they beat the Bills and then they beat the the Ravens, and the Bills have to lose once, as do the Chiefs. So their hope was they had to win out and the other two had to lose at least once, which right. not all that likely to happen in the first place. Nope, not given the other team's opponents this week. <laughs> yeah, now Raiders the problem is if the Chiefs win, then I think it forces the hand because you have to play it. Yeah, it's there's no right, there's no complete right answer here. Someone, yeah. someone's going to, and look, the situation being what it is, again, the at the top of the chart is DeMar Hamlin's health. And right, that's the that's the big focus here. And I know we're getting encouraging reports, but still, we want to keep getting those reports about his health and everything like that. But regarding this, I mean, a decision is going to be made. And that's why I'm not I'm not passionate to the point where it's it has to be this way. But what I'm right. passionate about is those that are rushing to crown champions in fantasy leagues that have had players involved in their matchup. I mean, some championships did not involve players in this matchup, and those are decided. But the ones that are all rushing for a decision, that that's where I have a problem. And until we know what the deal with this game, to bring this whole conversation full circle, until we know what the league is doing with this game, we shouldn't have to rush to crown champions and make a decision. No, and I'm involved in two leagues, which... One, I am the person uh, that just conceded. Like, okay, the the lead was enough that it probably wasn't happening anyway. Let's not even care and worry about it. Uh, uh, just call it. It's good. Uh, I had Burrow, but I was pretty I, – I needed a miracle. Um, another one, our, our Kevin Tompkins I'm in a league with, he was in the similar – he had several Bengals. I had Burrow and Chaser Higgins and I think McPherson, but was still pretty far down and also – agreed to concede. Um, so I think there's some of that going around too, but yeah, I, I don't see any point of what, I don't know. I don't I love fantasy football. I, I don't just don't feel like, I guess it's this important to like make a stink over a guy who just almost died on the field. Oh yeah, for sure. And by the <laughs> way, my tie scenario screws me because it means that <laughs> Burrow and, and them don't take the field again, which is fine. It is what it is. The NFL will call it as they see it. They will set it up. This situation has never happened before. The best situation for their league, and we all just have to react to it, whatever it is, right? And by the way, I have Higgins. Who the hell knows if he comes back and he's mentally okay? And by the way, those of you giving him crap, get the hell over yourselves. And while we're at it, let's donate to his charity too. I saw Kevin Tompkins do that. He is my cleats, my choice one was an ALS one. Donate to his, too. I mean, I know he's not the one in the hospital, but he was crying on the shoulder of his mama after the game because he felt horrible about the the tackle, which was a normal... There, yeah, there, and again, like, there's, you're right. There's no intent. It's football, okay? It's football. Yeah. If he hits him a millisecond later, Hamlin gets up and is fine, right? The thing that, that he hits him in the exact millisecond in the chest that shocks the system... To stop the heart. If it's a millisecond sooner or a millisecond later, Hamlin pops up. He's playing the next game. The game continues. Right? It's just a freak thing. So 
let, let's all leave Higgins alone. And yeah, I mean, the man feels bad about it. He he shouldn't. Shame on all of you for going after him, and especially on social media, to think to think that he doesn't have a soul and to think that he doesn't feel like absolute crap because of this whole thing. And not like the Vontez perfect hit. Like No, it's not. And, you know, it's like, look, we could go back and look, and Dominican Sue has done some questionable things throughout his career. Albert Hainsworth, man, kicked people. Yes. Yes, <laughs> Albert Hainsworth. Wow. All right, guys, let's get to the family table. By the way, look – us bringing this up here, we know that what to do with your fantasy leagues, you guys rely on us to help you come up with solutions. And we have solutions, but we don't have a resolution regarding this game. And that's why my biggest thing is to right now think of DeMar Hamlin and be patient. And if any, if you're a commissioner and any of your league mates are rushing, come on, make a decision, get out. Don't, don't, don't entertain don't any of that. that. Don't entertain. And you know what else? And this is what I'm bringing to the family table. Guys, when that time does come, don't go to the rest of your league and say, guys, here's what I'm thinking. No, this is where you as a fantasy sports commissioner, you have to step up. You have to make a decision. And that decision is final. If you want to split the pot and the two contestants that are in the championship, they want to figure something else out and they can, however they get money, PayPal, Venmo, money back and forth to each other. That's on them, okay? You're the commissioner, and at the end of the day, if people don't like it, they can leave the league the next year. You'll always be able to, as long as you prepare ahead of time, you will, you will always find somebody that'll play fantasy football. Why? Because fantasy football is fun, and it's amazing, and we have a great time with it. And we ran into a situation that took the reality of life and intertwined it with our fantasy football universe, our fantasy football world. And this is where we're at right now. And it raises a lot of awareness about just how precious every minute, every second is. But still, when it comes to these decisions, you as the commissioner, you start involving multiple people, getting multiple opinions there. It's going to make your life harder. And with that, you're the commissioner. And in my opinion, your decision is final. That's why you're the darn commissioner. That's why you do this thankless job. What do you but think? I but what I don't want to do that thankless job. No, that's <laughs> why and people don't. And I, I, I applaud those people that don't. Because I'd rather people not force themselves to be a terrible commissioner than not want to be one at all because they don't think they can handle it. And that's okay. It's not easy. This situation, it's not easy. And I know some of you are very stressed out about it. And that's why to those that don't want to be a commissioner doesn't take anything away from who you are as a person. Okay. It's a thankless job being a fantasy football commissioner. It, you have to make these crazy, sometimes stupid, minute decisions in the moment. And 95% of the time it's going to piss somebody off. Because of the competitive nature. I'm done. Sermon over. Brian Hallam, what are you bringing to the table, sir? Uh, I bring it to the table, but I would call it a New Year's resolution. But for the first time, I am attempting, and anyone who follows me on Twitter knows I like beer and alcohol. I'm trying to dry January. Uh, four days in, doing well. So root me on if you'd like. Uh, I don't really have too much else. If you want a new TV show, and I know I'm really late to the party, I started watching Yellowstone. It's freaking amazing. Uh, so no booze for me this month and Yellowstone's fantastic. Well, Ryan, we're all here with you, man, doing that. It's not obviously not going to be easy and it wouldn't be easy for anyone, especially when you're just sitting around watching these playoff games, Ryan, but you've got a lot of inner strength resolve and you've got an entire family 
that's here for you if you ever need anything. Just saying that. Love you, guy. No, we, 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 we love you too, Ryan. We do. And that's why, like, we love doing this podcast, us three. It, it's a way for us to shoot the breeze, but also get to talk to you at the same time. And, and if anyone needs help with anything, you reach out. That's what family's for. That's why we're here. That's why I end every show with a family that sticks together, wins together. You, you can't win together if you don't stick together. This family here, this podcast here, we all stick together here as one family in Fantasy Alarm. What about you, Sils? Uh, what I'm bringing to the table is why are, fantasy, why, why are football coaches different than other people? If you had as many screw-ups in a job as Bobby freaking Petrino, you'd never get hired for any job ever in the history of the rest of your life. Yet, Bobby Petrino keeps getting sniped for job after job after job after job. I don't know if anybody saw this, but he is the new offensive coordinator for Texas A&M's football team. He took that job one month after accepting another job on the West Coast. This comes after he quit on the Falcons midseason by leaving a Dear John letter in the locker room. Didn't even say bye to the players, just freaking peaced out, which came after he lied to the University of Louisville about an affair he had and a motorcycle accident that put him in a neck brace, which nobody even knows if that was a real necessary neck brace or not because it's Bobby freaking Petrino, right? Then he goes to another job. Perfectly fine, right? Arkansas hires him for some stinking reason. He screws up at Arkansas. Then where does he go? He goes back to Louisville. Like they have, don't like like they like to get kicked in the nuts or something. I don't know. Why does anybody keep hiring Bobby Petrino? And in a college and in a day and age where college transfers happen, there are schools like every school has thirty people transferring or something. Like it's insane how many kids are transferring for various reasons. That's fine. You want to change schools? You want to get a better shot? Go do you. But in a day and age where Kids are switching schools this quickly, and you have to out-recruit a bunch of other schools? How could you possibly trust Bobby Petrino enough to convince a player to come to your school? Let alone the coaching job that Jimbo Fisher did at Texas A&M, having a top-five program not even make a damn bowl game this year. Like, what are we doing? So why are football coaches different than other Players. I know it's not like Passover and we don't have to have why is this night different than all other <laughs> nights. Um, but seriously, what what is so special about Bobby Petrino that he just keeps this getting jobs? Coach, what does he mean? <laughs> like his track record, I don't even care about on-field success. The off-field crap, come on. Uh, like how does he keep getting jobs? This bitter herb, what does it mean? Why does he have to coach on our team? <laughs> yeah, Bobby Parsley is what we should start calling him because Parsley's on the Seder plate because it's a bitter herb. Yes. So like, and when you and yes, and when you dip it into the salt water and you watch it drip, it's the tears of everybody that has to deal with this guy. Yep. There you go. That's we just pretty much conducted half of the Passover Seder. <laughs> there you the go. Last five minutes right there. See, Ryan? See, Somebody you tried to, to kill us, we survive, let's eat. <laughs> I, I feel like an honorary Jewish person. There you go. L'chaim right there. L'chaim, Ryan, to life. Well, with that, guys, it, again, it's great being with you again in 2023. We had a lot of fun in 2022 on the Family Times podcast. And we, with all that we're talking about, I know that we're having a good time. We're laughing. We all love sports. But 
this is a week where we all got that awareness brought back to us as to why we love sports so much and how certain things matter and certain things really don't in a given moment. And just remember that moving forward. And I feel like a lot of people will. And still, we are thanking, we are praying for DeMar Hamlin's health, recovery, and to his family as well. And again, the first responders, everybody was just great. For Matt Sells, give him a follow on Twitter at The Salesman. For Ryan Hallam, at Fighting Chance. I'm at Fenty Sports, and I'll say it, and I'll bolt it out. A family that sticks together like we do wins together like we also do.